divorce is like a crisis. Change of identity, change of situation, change of way of thinking, big transition. And so first and foremost, take some time to sit with your thoughts. During a crisis, during a divorce, sometimes I have felt the need to take several actions at once while at the same time dealing with my own sort of tumultuous emotions. And so the first step that I had to do as a leader is to try to get grounded and create some some equanimity. Welcome back to another episode of This Green Planet. I'm your host, Penny Bowder, a seven-figure business leader, environmental scientist, serial entrepreneur, author, and business coach. Here, I am sharing support and guidance to women who are starting and running a sustainable or STEM-related business. This podcast is bound to inspire you to launch your business or scale for growth. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Screen Planet podcast. I am going to talk about something a little bit in the spirit of kind of transparency and vulnerability. I thought I would talk a little bit about what I'm going through personally right now while I'm running my business. Some of you may already know that I have been going through a divorce. It's been a while. I'm a year and a half into this now, and I thought it seemed like a good time to talk about running a company, growing a company while also going through a divorce, because there's definitely some tricky moments and also just some strategies that I've been able to figure out uh, help me to, I guess, sort of keep it together emotionally, but also to be able to run my company effectively while I'm going through this process. And so it's helped lately. It occurred to me that there's a lot of really good information out there in terms of crisis management for the purposes of just kind of my emotional health and also to kind of figure out how to run my company effectively while, you know, things in and my life is kind of crazy. I've just sort of taken a page out of crisis management. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the episode. I'm going to start by saying that for those of you going through a similar process, divorce is much more than a legal split, especially when a company is involved, and especially in California, because any business that you created while you were married, and in the case of my business, becomes community property. And in that case, even if the other party, and in my case, my ex, had nothing to do with the company, my business is still legally have his. And so that's kind of why it's made things pretty tricky. I figured out the best way how to sort out all of the complicated business aspects and also help me to best deal with my business, my finances, and my kids is to start thinking about the different elements of how the divorce affects my business in terms of different buckets. (laughs) I've created these sort of amorphous buckets that include the legal aspects of the divorce, the financial, and then also the emotional issues. And I think that if we're not kind of creating and compartmentalizing, things can get really mixed up and tricky. So I'm going to talk about those three buckets during this episode, and hopefully you'll get something out of this. So I'm going to start with the legal bucket. Like I mentioned, California is a community property state. Again, the value of my business, it has to be valued because what happens is, is that your partner, in this case, my ex, is entitled to half of the business assets, regardless if he had anything to do with going and running the business. So this is a big legal piece because in the end, if I want to become complete 
100% owner of the company, I need to buy him out. This is a big deal. It's made things really tricky, especially because um, in my case, my books weren't in that great of order. And so you can't really value a company without having good financial records. So that's the first piece. <laughs> and I wanted to take just a minute while I'm talking about these, this legal bucket that um, to say that there's a lot of preemptive steps that I should have done in retrospect to protect my company. And you know, as a result, also protect my, my job and my future self. I didn't do any of this stuff. So I'm going to say it as much as I can when I'm talking about this, this issue and the divorce and how my business is tied up in the divorce, because I could have saved myself a lot of grief. And if I can save anybody else any grief, you know, somebody that might be listening to this podcast with a potential divorce on the horizon, then I would love to be able to serve as some sort of words of wisdom. So the first thing I need to mention is that if you don't have a prenup, get one. I wish I would have had one. It just would have saved so much heartache and so much time. If your business existed before you wed, it's really easy to designate it as separate property owned only by you. If that is done, then you can just move on to all the other aspects of the divorce while you're divorcing. If you don't have a prenup and you're still married, but you think you might be getting divorced, you can also get what's called a post-nup. I also did not do this and I wish I would have. I just didn't even think about it. Even if it seems like your divorce might be amicable, I still recommend trying to get a post-nup because there's a good chance that your divorce might not turn out so amicable. In my case, I thought that we would be very amicable and that we would just sort of have this kumbaya divorce the opposite happened. And I remember all my friends laughing at me whenever I mentioned how amicable of a divorce we were going to have. It was more of like a knowing laugh that drove me crazy, but you know what? They were right. So if it's a possibility to get a post-nup, it's a lot like a prenup, except the agreement is signed after you're already wed, usually held up in court and judges sometimes will view post-nup skeptically. So I've heard, but it's really better than nothing. Unfortunately, like I said, these are only things I learned about before it was too late, but had I done them, then I would have just saved myself so much trouble and grief and I might already be divorced instead of hoping that I'll get divorced on year two of the process. There's a lot of other financial issues to think about when you're running a business, when you're an entrepreneur and you're going through a divorce. Like I alluded to earlier, maintain good records. I'm not a perfectionist. I've always had sort of sloppy books. I always kept things legal, but I def definitely did not keep that good a track of all kinds of stuff. That has cost me a lot of time and effort and money, creative energy in the last year because I had to get everything up to speed. And I had to have people, CPAs, accountants looking over years of financial data to kind of just clean up all of my books. And it was completely necessary because it was not, wasn't able to get a valuation for the business without clean books. So it's much easier if you do it in real time rather than having to go back and clean up your books way into the future. So maintain good financial records. I suggest keeping your business and your, and your family finances separate from each other. This just makes good business sense. It's kind of hard to do that sometimes, you know, and there's always just like a little sloppiness that happens. But if you can just keep everything separate because it's just necessary and it's necessary for a company that's affected by a divorce. Something that I did do right was I've always paid myself a decent salary. 
this is important because if you're starving your family's cash flow to build the business and you're going through a divorce in the future, a lawyer might later make the case that your ex is entitled to more of the company's assets. And so again, this just makes business good business sense, but also makes good emotional sense. You should always pay yourself a salary, no matter what. If you're making money, if there's any profit, pay yourself first before there's spend money on really anything else. This is going to sound a little harsh, but another financial piece that's important is that if your spouse is working for your company and it truly is your company and it's not a joint business venture, fire your spouse. You do not want to work with your spouse for emotional reasons, but also if your spouse is actively involved in your business on paper, even if they're, you know, especially if they're not doing anything in the, you know, that much in the day to day, ease them out as soon as possible because the more prominent role your ex has and the longer he or she has worked for your worked for your business on paper, the stronger the case a lawyer can make that the spouses that helped really build an enterprise that maybe they didn't and that consequently should profit from its growth. And so I'm not advocating for like, you know, any sort of sketchiness, but if somebody, if you have somebody on your books, that's not really contributing to your business's success, they shouldn't be on your books. And especially in the case of a spouse for emotional reasons and financial reasons, because it really could bite you in the future. If you're in the middle of a divorce, there's still things you can kind of do to help the process along. And so this is kind of where I'm in right now. I'm in this middle stage of getting a divorce. We're in the settlement stage, a lot of negotiation. Something you might have to do is sacrifice other assets. And so in my divorce settlement right now, our total assets are just being added up and divided. Right now, I'm trying to retain 100% ownership of my company. And so, you know, when you're dividing assets, you have one person's side and the other person's side, and essentially you're just going to try to split everything down the middle. Because I want to retain 100% ownership of my company, the balance sheet has to balance out on the other side. You know, what might happen is that other assets are going to get forfeited if you want to keep retain ownership 100% of your company. And so in my case, I might end up losing certain retirement accounts, or I might end up eventually like losing the family home or vehicles. It's just something to think about. Like it might be painful to lose a house, but in the end, if you retain ownership of your business, if I retain ownership of my business, that might end up being more important because you could always get another house. Maybe not in this fin- <laughs> this housing market, but you know what I'm saying here. And then the other thing that is part of this kind of financial bucket that I'm working on right now and that I'm talking about is this idea of getting a fair valuation. Because assets are getting divided, the company has to be valued, which means that somebody, a forensic accountant, has to put a value on on your business. Again, they can't do that unless you have clean financial records. So make sure that again, that happens. I don't know how I'm probably going to say it like 20 more times because (laughs) I have learned the hard way that if you don't have clean books, you're going to have to get them. And that costs time and money. You need to make sure you're going to get a fair evaluation. The way to do that is that you need to get what's called a neutral forensic accountant or a neutral valuator. Sometimes this is a court appointed valuator. But what happened in my case is that, you know, we knew it was going to come down to this. So we asked them to provide four names of forensic accountant that would value the company. And then we picked one. And then that person, the forensic accountant, he went and he interviewed us. He looked at all of our records. He went to the warehouse. He interviewed my employees and he ended up putting a value on the company. That's kind of how that's done. 
But it's also important that before you accept that value, you can also ask another outside party to review it and review the figure before you finally agree to it. Because it's sort of, it's a kind of a moving target and um, it's hard to value a company. And there's a lot of different factors that go into it. But in the end, if you have a good forensic accountant, you know, you do your research and you both agree on this person, then that person is going to do come up with a number that really does accurately affect your business based on all kinds of different factors, including like past company sales and then et cetera. And so these are just some financial considerations that are important when you are an entrepreneur and your business is involved in the middle of a divorce. And so the last bucket I'm going to talk about is the emotional bucket because the legal bucket, the financial bucket, and then the emotional bucket, they're just super, they're all connected. They're all important and they all affect your personal life and your business life. I've taken some tips on how to move forward and how to get through this place in my life from crisis management. (laughs) Again, divorce is like a crisis change of identity, change of situation, change of way of thinking, big transition. And so first and foremost, take some time to sit with your thoughts. During a crisis, during a divorce, sometimes I have felt the need to take several actions at once, while at the same time dealing with my own sort of tumultuous emotions. And so the first step that I had to do as a leader is to try to get grounded and create some some equanimity I really try not to ever rush or make compulsive decisions, especially not when I'm feeling emotional. I try not to take action unless I'm being calm and intentional. All of these things, you know, I really need to take time. I pause. I actually pause is a really important word for me. I have it written everywhere because I am an impulsive person. And if I'm not careful, I will make decisions that end up hurting myself and sort of sabotaging things. I've learned that I need to pause. I can't make company decisions and I can't make personal decisions until I'm, I pause and I just get some clarity. The other emotional piece was that I really had to delegate a lot more to my team because I just did not have the capacity to make a lot of business decisions. And I had to check out for a little bit because I sometimes I was spending hours every day talking to a lawyer, um, working on finance, cleaning up the books, <laughs> you know, doing divorce paperwork. And so I've had to be really honest with my team and I had to tell my team and the leaders on my team, the toll that the divorce was taking on me personally and how it was affecting the business as well, that the business was sort of on the line because um, we had to split the assets. As a leader, I need to be able to communicate clearly and I need to be transparent and I need to have one priority and that is, you know, keep my company healthy, you know, make sure that my employees are healthy and taken care of as well. That's only possible when I address this kind of mental and financial safety of the company. I talked to my company leaders one-on-one. We had a lot of meetings. We, we met weekly. Because I was delegating a lot of responsibility to them, I had to be available for their questions. This really did help us to get through kind of the crisis of, of the divorce and have it not affect the company that much. The other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is that It's really important to just throughout any crisis, divorce or otherwise, when a business is infected, always important, like just crucial, actually, to go back to your company's purpose and vision, mission and values. And my companies are mission led companies, they're values driven. And the true north is super important. It's really easy to get off track. 
I have my mission and my values written down. I wish I could make it into a sign. I probably should because I need to always be reminded of where I'm going with my business, why I'm doing this, who I'm doing it for. In the case of Green Kid Craft, for example, I'm doing it for the future of the planet, for future um, environmental leaders. What's the vision? And then, you know, what are our values? And so once all these things are sort of solidified and brought to the surface in my mind and my team's mind, I can understand sort of the options that I have. And also I have greater clarity when I need to make decisions, which is all the time when you're running a business, you need to make a million of decisions every day. When your company's purpose and your vision are for the forefront of your mind, these decisions are easier. When you're in the middle of a crisis and you have to make even more decisions, decisions are easier when your purpose and your mission, if you're always going back to that and you're always staying to your true north. So again, just recenter, bring it back to the vision and the mission and your values, why you're doing this. It's just also good to remember that every day is a new day. <laughs> there's going to be bad days. There's going to be good days in running a company. When you're going through a divorce, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. There's always a morning where you wake up and you just try again. And it's almost always a better day. That said, don't do this alone. I've needed major backup, both legal and emotional. I've had to sit down with multiple CPAs, business advisors, business lawyers, financial analysts, and finally, mental health counselors. Everybody should have a mental health counselor. When you're going through a divorce and you're running a business, it's just, it's stressful to run a business. It's stressful to have a divorce, to go through a divorce, put the two together. And it's like this perfect storm. Don't do this alone. Um, you need help from your team, your friends and professionals. I have leaned on so many people. I have a really hard time asking for help. I still do. I struggle with it every day, but I also know that I need it desperately. So I have a team of friends, families, and coworkers and professionals that I can call even when I don't want to, that know I don't want to, but will there be there to pick up the phone if I do reach out. Also take breaks. Since I started this divorce, I've taken a number of vacations. I've gone down to Mexico. I've taken road trips. I've taken days off. And it helps because again, I, I was really honest with my team from, from the beginning, the sort of emotional toll that this was taking on me and that was going to take me away from some of the day-to-day -day operations of the business. I've needed to take breaks, no matter how amicable a divorce might be, there's always going to be a transition period and you're going to need some breaks and you're going to need just to have fun. So the trips I've taken have helped me to better understand you know, what I want in my work life and what I want in my personal life. You know, that just makes sense no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're going through. You know, you could be having like, you know, the best year of your life and you're still going to need to take breaks. And then finally, I'll end this episode by just talking about a plan. If you're a business owner, you're pretty good at planning. I hope you're good at planning. One of the cha most challenging parts of any crisis, any divorce is just the unknown and the uncertainty. It's, it's that uncertainty that makes things so difficult and emotional and stressful. And one of the ways that an entrepreneur can mitigate this for your company and yourself personally is just to be proactive and to define your business priorities and also just identify what you need and then communicate it to the rest of the team. And so I have a calendar that's usually planned out for the next at least six months. The next month and a half, I actually have plans for every business day. It just kind of keeps me on track. I almost never keep to those plans, but they're in front of me. I know it needs to be done. And if I don't do something a certain day, I could just move it to a different day. And that really just helps tremendously. 
it helps to get rid of some of that uncertainty of what I'm going to be doing day to day and what's going to happen in my business day to day. And it helps my company, I think, short term and long term. And it also just helps my team sort of know where we're standing. I hope that those of you that are going through a divorce right now, thinking about a divorce, took something from this episode. If you're not going through a divorce or thinking about getting divorced, bless your heart. (laughs) A little bit of jealousy there. It's not fun. Divorce is not for the faint of heart. There's another side to it. And just like anything, just like any crisis, it's not going to last forever. I'm not going to be getting divorced forever. You might not ever get divorced. But I think in the end, it's just, it's smart to just always have a plan in mind. Always have a plan in mind for your company. Like what would you do if you're going through a crisis? And certain things that I've talked about, like keeping clean books, self-care, those things just make sense no matter what. Thank you so much for listening in today. And I hope you enjoyed this, this episode and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Green Planet. To get further details about the topics discussed in this episode, please go to thisgreenplanetpodcast.com to review all show notes and links. If you love this episode, we would love it if you subscribed and left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This helps more people just like you find our podcast. I look forward to having you join me next episode. Until then, stay safe and let's make this planet green.